We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 13th, 2016. And this is basically the second half of the video that we started listening to in the uh, last uh, the, the last one we just played. So I'm going to go ahead and just pick it up where it left off here. World Religion. In previous videos, I have discussed a book written in 1908 by a man who was ill for much of his life. He writes about how a character named Father Francis defects from Roman Catholicism to follow the Antichrist. Like, he wasn't following the Antichrist to begin with, though. I mean, come on. You know, this is the thing that's so dangerous about the whole Catholicism thing, where you've got this sect of people out there saying, oh, since Vatican II, the Catholic Church has been perverted. No, let's go back to the very inception of when the Catholic Church was basically formed in 318 AD with Constantine in this. I mean, you go back from its very inception in an incorporated paganism and pseudo-Christianity from the very beginning. They were the ones that amalgamated the occult holidays and the pagan holidays, which turned into Christmas and Ishtar and these types of things, Valentine's Day, into, quote, Christianity or a modern-day holiday system. And then you have the Inquisitions where, you know, 50 to 100, uh, 50 to 100 million people a ton of them were actually true born-again Bible-believing Christians were killed and crucified and mangled and tortured in the most horrifying, horrific ways you can possibly imagine, right on par with Islam, all in the name of Catholicism. So this is a evil, wicked, evil, corrupt cult, black devil death cult from the very beginning. Yes, has it gotten worse recently? Sure, since especially since this new pope took over. But it's always been wicked, evil, and corrupt. And the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? In this book, Father Francis would become the leading proponent of the new world religion and worship of the Antichrist. Just recently, Francis has used death of one of his priests in France and an assault on another priest in Belgium to invite Muslims into Christian cathedrals and churches for worship. For the past month throughout Europe, since the attacks on the Catholic clergy, there has been a major drive by Francis to bring together Muslim and Christian, and his efforts are working. He isn't attempting to evangelize these Muslims and to convert them. Instead, he is allowing them to bring worship of Allah into the churches in Europe. It has been prophesied that a religion of the New World Order would be established. It would dissolve boundaries between faiths. All would come together, united, in worship of the false light. There are Luciferians in history who predicted that Christianity and all religions would eventually collapse making way for the religion of pure Luciferianism. A couple of these individuals was Luciferian and 33rd degree Grand Wizard Albert Pike, as well as Luciferian Helena Blavatsky. She viewed Christianity as a major challenge to the agenda of unveiling a new world religion. Christianity, in her opinion, would have to be done away with in order to unveil the new religion. We also have warnings from a former Jesuit who was murdered in 1999 that a one-world religion was in the making. It was an ecumenical religion that was being set up for all to follow. Malachi Martin told us a secret in an interview with Art Bell before he died. Luciferians had infiltrated the Vatican and were planning to set up a new religion one they believed would last for 1,000 years. Amongst Luciferian organizations, there is a prophecy that if they can invade the system, that's their name for the Vatican, they will have power for 1,000 years. How close are they? Very close. You might remember when Francis came to America last September, 
we saw a major push toward the full ecumenical agenda. Francis's itinerary started on September 23rd, 2015, one day after he landed in the United States. He had set his sight on finalizing what his predecessor, Pope John XXIII, had set into motion on September 23rd, 1959. It was on this day John would offer a prayer that would begin the downfall of the Roman Catholic Church. A document... Again, though, the downfall? Like it wasn't already in the sewer to begin with? Like it wasn't a black devil death cult with the blood of millions of martyrs? A works-based... I mean, bringing millions and millions of its followers into hell? Death cult to begin with? Come on! So, you know... <laughs> please on that i mean i mean the, the, when i hear this downfall thing it was it was always evil it's always been evil would be pent declaring a new outreach to all religions in the world as children of the same god without but i understand what the the, the point kind of the video is moving toward is that what we're seeing here with this big, gigantic, ecumenical thing now they're doing in Jerusalem and with Together 2016 and these other things is that final uh, push that most likely the Catholic Church and the Pope will be at the literal spear tip of that push for this coming one world religion. That I agree with, okay? But what I don't agree with is ever acting as though the Catholic Church was at one point good and puritanical and they've just become corrupted by these recent things, which is obviously not true. Without a doubt, Vatican II is remembered as Catholicism's greatest push toward the new world religion. Vatican II would change everything about the actions of all future popes. It was now about piecing together... Remember what I said, though, about Vatican II? That's where a lot of the people that are apologists for the Catholic Church, that's what they point to. It was all Vatican II. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what about all the other garbage that's went on? Papal bulls and indulgences. Hey, uh, I want to rape that little girl or that little boy. Okay, Mr. Uh, whatever, Catholic Church parishioner, just pay me X amount of dollars to the Catholic Church and you can go ahead and do that, have your indulgence. I mean, these are these are doctrines of the Catholic Church. The, 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 the millions of martyrs. I mean, all of these things. It's like... Well, we'll ignore that. That's just, you know. Or, also, we can't forget about the whole army of pedophile priests that has existed from time memoriam all the way back to its inception of this church where it's had celibate priest, uh, priests. That's another thing. Nuns, all the extra-biblical doctrines that are nowhere in the Bible, the extra books in the Bible. I mean, you can go on and on and on. A new religion. One that would be ready, waiting for the coming of the capstone. Pope Francis is truly preparing that new faith right now for all in the world to become a part of. I guess that is it. Okay, so we have that. And again, I know that's not exactly a complete teaching on this particular subject. The problem is that you've run into is, is they've been a little bit cryptic about what is actually going to ultimately transpire. So there may be like a follow-up to this when I get a little bit more information, when it's maybe all said and done. Uh, again, now, there's a note here. The video is not meant to set a date, but to point out that an ecumenical gathering, one of the largest and longest between three, the three monotheistic main faiths, will happen from September 4th to 23rd of this year. This appears to coincide with the Arch of the Triumph, which will also be erected in New York City. They're going to they're gonna re-resurrect uh, that as well. We talked about that a lot last year. So that's going to be erected in New York City from approximately September 11th to the 26th of now. So that's happening as well. So... These are things that are probably no coincidence that they're happening in close proximity to one another. Okay, so on to the next, we're again, radically going to switch gears again. Um, 
That's why I said this real hodgepodge of things we're covering today. Uh, next report is DARPA investing tens of millions for mind control in microchips. Uh, and then we had talked earlier about the whole transhumanism, cyborgian thing. Uh, NBC News says chipping of children by the states will be as normal as barcodes starting in 2017. That's next year. Now, whether they're going to be able to pull that off, I can't see unless there is some radical paradigm shift um, where it's going to be normal as barcodes. I mean, barcodes are in everything. And barcodes have the 666 embedded into all of them as well. Any barcode, you, any, any product you buy in the stores, the, the, if you look at it, the two end lines and the two middle lines are the same length. That is the number for six. It's 666 on every single barcode that essentially is out there. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, which is like, you know, Satan incarnate, is in the process of making a neural code coding device capable of controlling artificial limbs and when seated in the brain. The device has, has had success in animal studies and the first human trials are set for 2017. The Pentagon has subsidized the institution for $62 million to help foster this mind control technology. Meanwhile, the mainstream media is pushing for the microchipping of, of children sooner rather than later. During a recent televised report by NBC News, the news station purported the microchipping of children by the state was as normal as barcodes for consumers. Okay, so along those lines, um, when barcodes first came out in the late 1960s, people were appalled. Um, they were wary of them and did not understand the concept. Today it is so commonplace we don't even notice that a microchip would work much in the same way. This is evidently what NBC News just recently televised. Uh, that quote, This declaration is a reflection of the mentality of the mainstream media which sees people as objects fit um, for labeling rather than persons with intrinsic moral value. Although DARPA touts the brain chips as a way to protect children. Brain chips? Okay. Uh, in actuality, this sort of technology has more to do with control than it does public safety. Well, yeah, it's, it's always about control. But again, it's really, really, really about making you a cyborg. I mean, that's really the ultimate goal here because, I again, I just don't see any Bible for cyborgs getting saved. Just don't think there's going to be a huge market for salvation if that dynamic is tra is transpiring within your own body, you know? Anyway, um... Let's see here. Uh, whenever the establishment wants to control the masses, they assemble a list of cheap, cheap talking points to scare the population into abiding by its agenda. Whenever the mainstream media pushes for vaccines, for instance, they list all the possible ways a person may become very sick and die if they don't get the shot. Uh, and whenever the government wishes to corrode privacy rights, they do so in the name of protecting the public from the would-be terrorists. <laughs> when in actuality, they're letting the real... Muslim terrorist in in mass through open borders through shipping them in through flying them in through bussing them in training them here all by design they're doing the same thing in Europe so again they you know create the problem so that they can give us their solution in the end several pet owners have already microchipped their dogs to keep tabs on their pets uh, therefore microchipping proponents argue it is not too much of a stretch to start microchipping children at birth for similar purposes, the problem is most people are not aware of the dangers uh, this reasoning poses, which is why mind control technology is, is not more widely opposed. Um, according to the statement made by DARPA, the brain chip would enable data transfer bandwidth between the human brain and the digital world. Okay, so I know this is like right in the middle. I just got an email. Normally I don't leave my email on, but it's um, from Dr. Mercola, and it was new force vaccination law rolling out soon. Federal health officials were upping the ante in the high-stakes chess game that industry, government, and medical trade have been playing with the freedom of the American people for a long time. Act now to protect you and your family's health freedom. Now, this is basically the same deal that I just reported on, okay? It's, it's the same, uh, that CDC 18103 that I just talked about. Same I believe link to the federal registrar in fact let me click on this i'm going to repost this though in the um pdf for this teaching yeah yeah it's the same it looks like the same link here um 
and I'm going to go ahead and uh, put this in there. Yeah, control of communicable diseases. And this is the thing. If they get this through, you have to understand. If they get this through, and I understand a lot of things are on the horizon where our lives will never be the same, but this is going to be so draconian, so big brother. This is going to literally affect your life. It's going to affect all of our lives, okay, if this gets through. And I'm just going to read another excerpt from this um, this one I just got from Ricola. Now, this is the same report kind of I was reporting on, but they're, they're going at it from a different angle. CDC wants to expand power to eliminate measles. Okay, like measles are the, you know, the bane of all humanity. We've got to just take away all our rights so we can get rid of measles. And MMR is, is MMR, the, they've got the MMR2 and then and the other MMR. They are both, as far as vaccines go, the most demonic ones I know of. One of them is cultured off two aborted fetal cell baby lines, human aborted fetal cell baby lines. And another one is one aborted fetal cell baby line and then some other GMO thing. I've reported on this in the past, just key in measles in the keyword search box. I mean, there is nothing worse than MMR. And Barbalo Fisher, I haven't watched the video yet, but they've got, she's got a 22-minute video here. I will... Um, I'll probably put this link in the PDF, but I'm also going to send it out again in my health newsletter. And I'm just going to get to the pertinent thing here. Um, during the last days of summer while we were vacationing, shopping for school supplies, or in the case of Virginia families, we were busy pleading with legislators to protect the medical religious vaccine exemptions in the state vaccine law. Now, I had a listener move out of Virginia like in the last, I don't know, year, six months, in order to avoid, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia's beyond draconian vaccine laws. He moved to Kentucky, still got a lot of resistance even in Kentucky, but was able to do it. Now, again, this is a creeping thing. They're creeping this through the state, seeing it where they can get it enacted, how much pushback they're going to get. And, um... This is, a, again, about just tightening the noose on all of our necks. And this goes on to say public health officials at the U.S. Centers for, for Disease Control and Prevention were quietly pushing a very long notice of proposed rulemaking uh, in the federal registrar to amend federal public health, which is what I was in reference to earlier. Okay, uh, The part of the Public Health Service Act they want to strengthen is the part that gives them the power under the U.S. Constitution to restrict the freedom of a person entering the U.S., or get this, or even traveling between states if they believe the person is infected or could become infected with certain kinds of communicable diseases. So here's where we get into checkpoints. Here's where we get into you know checkpoints at the borders, checkpoints at the state borders, and the borders between, obviously you have that between nations. But this is, um, oh man, this is bad. This is really bad. You only have until October 14th, 2016, to make a public public comment to the CDC. Now, this link here is the same link I gave you. So I know it's the same thing they're talking about. They're just looking at it from a little different angle. And contact your legisla legislators in Congress, so please take this seriously, because the CDC, what the CDC is proposing applies to all Americans who travel outside the country, or even between states especially on commercial airlines. Can you imagine what the lines would be like at, at, the, at the airports alone? You, you might as well get six, six hours early now for your plane flight. You're going to fly between states? You're going to have to undergo a full, whatever, medical thing to get cleared before you even get on the plane. This is where they want to take this. You talk about Big Brother. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be so hellish, I, I can't even imagine. In the future, it could extend to any form of transportation when you cross state lines, including bus, train, or car. That's what I was thinking about. I, I forgot about the planes. No, I mean, <laughs> this notice of proposed rulemaking involves the participation of federally funded state health departments and state facilities, too, because the majority of police power to detain, isolate, and quarantine citizens belongs to the states. 
See, this has to be coordinated with the military and the government and the states. And I mean, this is, and this will be the framework whereby a lot of the Big Brother stuff comes down. This will be the, 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 the framework. They'll do it under the guise of, oh, we're helping you. This is for your own good. Oh, man. Um, and I'm telling you, we've only got until October 14th. I'm going to go ahead and post what I just read you at the end of the report that I previously did. I don't know it was at the end. It was in part two. Okay. The start of part two. Um, I'm going to post this in there so you'll have this extra information in there. I'm going to give you this link as well. And then I'll also repost this in my health newsletter when that comes out. So um, this is something that not only you want to make time to do. I even gave you a, uh, a, a sample of what you could put in the thing. I'd try to make it as easy as possible. Um, and normally I don't make as big of a deal about this, but this is something that I really believe they're looking to see what the sheeple people, as they would term us, are going to do. Is there going to be enough public outrage? Is there going to be enough prayer about this? And I wish Satan wasn't trying to destroy us a thousand million different ways, but unfortunately this is the world we we find ourselves living in here okay and let me just read this last part because this is where the rubber meets the road um now remember this this is the notice of proposed rulemaking involves the participation of federally funded state health departments and state facilities too because the majority of police power to detain isolate quarantine citizens belong to states many state legislators which have legal authority to pass laws controlling communicable diseases within state borders voted to give Public health officials expanded police powers after September 11, 2001. Oh, that makes sense. By adopting the Model State Emergency Health Powers Act and turning the Point Model State Public Health Act created at Georgetown University Center for Law and Public Health and the CDC Collaborating Center Promoting Health Through Law. If this NPRM, this Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, is implemented, meaning there's not enough pushback, they pass it. If it is implemented and the states follow suit, you and your children could be vulnerable to detention and quarantine if health officials decide you are or could become a transmitter of measles or other infectious infections because, for example, your electronic medical records reveal you have not gotten every dose of every CDC-recommended vaccine. It's up to like over 50 now for the children. It's going to be up over 100 pretty soon. For adults, it's, it's climbing all the time. It's never going to end unless, you know, God intervenes and there's enough pushback. I'm just trying to, to get people, you know, pushing back as much as possible and prayer going out. Um, because I have, like I've said for a long time, this is what launched this whole ministry. This vaccination issue to me is, is could potentially be the linchpin for a lot of the, the New World Order stuff. Their excuses to bring it about and bring it into fruition it goes on to say let's not forget that no government agency corporation or a person who creates produces sells licenses recommends mandates or administers a federally recommended vaccine to your child to you or your child has any accountability or liability in a court of law in front of a jury of your peers if you become brain damaged or die from the vaccination because they have that that vaccine that national vaccine court that pays everybody off if they'll shut their mouth so um, this, this goes on for a whole lot more information. I'm really sorry I inserted this in the middle of my thing I was talking about on DARPA, but, um, I just got this and it highly pertains to what I've already covered and I couldn't see putting this off. So I'm going to go ahead and reinsert this information and you'll have it all in the PDF. Okay. And, um, I'll send out the main link in my health newsletter as well. Okay, so I reinserted it under the other report, and I gave it its own title, New Force Vaccination Law Rolling Out Soon. And again, it's basically the same stuff we covered, but it's a little bit different angle. And Barbara Lowe Fisher, she's highly credible, and uh, I believe an MD who had vaccine-damaged children, and that's what got her looking at all of this. Um, so she's about as credible as they get out there. I, I, sometimes I don't think she's hardcore enough. Now she's kind of being forced to be more hardcore. Because it's like so in your face now that it's like, okay, life or death hardcore? Are we going to, I mean, have we gotten to that point? And so now she's actually, you know, up in the ante in that regard. So let's go back to the DARPA um, 
mind control stuff that we were talking about, and I need to find out where I left off here. Um, okay, according to a statement made by DARPA, the brain chip would enable data transfer bandwidth between the human brain and the digital world, uh, feeding digital, digital auditory or visual information into the brain, and thereby open the channel between the human brain and modern electronics. See, ultimately, where we're heading where you're going to finally have a smartphone that's not a smartphone anymore. It's going to be incorporated into your brain. Okay? It's going to be the ultimate. Hey, I don't got to worry about losing it. I can open up doors and just going through a, I don't know, a cash register thing. I can pay for stuff. It's going to read my chip. It's going to be, you know, this is ultimately what they want to do with this technology is get it into your brain have an interface with, with the ultra-modern electronics, and again, you're a cyborg. Presto. You know? Um, this is where they, they, they want to take it. So, And then ultimately, they want to upload your consciousness into a mainframe, which is you know one of the goals I've told you about, and I've even played their, their videos where they admit, in, is, admit as much. So um, they are, in short, they're developing mind control chips that can be inserted into the brains of babies from the cradle. It's what we're looking at here, okay? This is reality. They've already got it, okay? Uh, as the Waking Times explains, the military deploys a term known as mission creep, which refers to expansion of the military project beyond its original goals that is yet to foster public support. If the military wants to invade a country, for example, they will first take over nearby regions, establish a military base around the desired country in an effort to boost the likelihood of winning. In the same way the public has been coerced into a number of unjustifiable wars, DARPA is now trying to coerce the public into submitting to mind control. So they're hitting us from every angle, you know. They're really hitting us from every angle. Last year, CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, attended a Bilderberg conference with a former DARPA employee and Google executive, Regina Duggan, where um, he voiced support of DARPA's technology. This is Google CEO. And we talked about Google earlier, how wicked and evil they are. He goes on to say, if you have something that you don't want anybody to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place, Schmidt said. Oh, so in other words... Like, if anybody's worried about their privacy, this is this maggot's response. This demon spawned from the pit of hell. He says, if you have something that you don't want anybody to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Of course, that would never apply to him. As he goes to his Luciferian COVID meetings and, and you know, it drinks little baby's blood and stuff like that. You know, that would, you know, he doesn't want anybody to know about that. But he's going to give me a morality lesson. The CEO of Google, Satan incarnate, is going to give me a morality lesson. I, I love it. Just love it. You know? Um, and then he goes on to say, we don't need you to type at all because we know here, we know where you are. With your permission, we know where you've been. With your permission, we can, we can more or less guess what you're thinking about, he continued. Well, that's how bad it's gotten. This is why I try to be as far... Granted, I know I got a laptop, but I don't have a smartphone. I don't have, like, a smart car. I have, you know, very, very minimal anything that would be considered... Um, well, I don't have any smart appliances, but anything Energy Star is not good either. And I admit I got some of that, which I kind of inherited from my parents and stuff like that, that you know. But, you know, no um, smart meter... Praise God. You know, I have my credit card shielded in a secure ID wallet. I've I've got, you know, I've just I've tried to I try to be as low profile as I can, just from a practicality purpose, from identity theft purpose. If you have a passport, have it in a shielded thing. They have they have those uh, RFID things. They can get your information from them. I mean, you just want to be is, you know, Try to operate as privately as possible because they're doing every possible thing they can do to get every bit of information on you that they can. So it must be very important to Satan. If it's very important to Satan, I want him to have as, the least amount of it as possible. That's the way I'm looking at it, you know. Um, then, he, then it goes on to say, without a doubt, the mainstream media and DARPA will continue to tout the benefits of this technology without noting all the risks due to this. It is on the shoulders of the alternative media to ensure the public isn't trolled by mind control. Um, next report. And these are just kind of bullet point, almost ones. Not bullet point, but not that long. Um, Moscow. 
the In Liberty RU classical liberal think tank invited me to lecture on this topic of designer babies and ethics of human enhancement. The lecture took place in July of at the DI Telegraph building in central Moscow and was attended by around 300 people. I began describing the techniques such as pre-implantation pre genetic diagnosis used now to test and select in vitro fertilized embryos that are free of specified genetic diseases, okay? Now, this is the whole thing with the movie Gattaca. In Gattaca, there were... If you were a baby that was born by normal means, you were considered, like, the off-scouring of humanity. I forget there was a term they had for them. And all the babies at that point were basically test tube babies that were um, carefully selected for the best genetics of both parents and it was all genetically manipulated and this was the the um, normal way that civilized more affluent people had children okay the janitors and everyone else were the babies that were just normal people having children the way that God intended it okay so there were these two classes of people and a serf slavedom class and then the the more elite in each one of them was typically bred for a specific thing one guy had six fingers on each hand which would kind of put him in the nephilim category potentially but he was a concert pianist and then a lot of them were trying to get in like this rocket scientist thing um it's it's there's some inappropriate stuff in the movie it's not the greatest movie on the planet and it's it's a very dark movie but i'll tell you what it is a big time look at the way they want to bring things in a huge huge way um i moved on to describe how stanford university bioethicist henry Greeley believes that in about 40 years half of all american babies will be born in what he calls easy pgd Basically, Greeley argues in his new book, The End of Sex. Remember, they're, they're not, babies are not made by sex anymore in the future. So this is very much along the Gattaca lines. The end of sex and the future of human reproduction. That most people will use gametes produced from their skin cells to create scores of IVF, which stands for in vitro fertilization, embryos that will each have his or her entire genomes sequenced. Prospective parents will then choose among the embryos based on which combination of genetic traits they would prefer. They would show like a couple there picking out, okay, well, what what color eyes do you want your child to have? What color hair? Um, what body type? That type of stuff. And um, they were in there basically like you're in there picking out the cabbage patch kid you want. You're in there custom designing your baby. <laughs> this is the future. If you know, these devils have their way. Let's take God totally out of the equation, in other words. Let's play God every way we... This is what it's all about, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's what they would... That's what they do. Presumably, they would tend to avoid those embryos afflicted with debilitating genetic diseases. And again, this is going to be the, the pros. This is going to be, they're going to make it sound like the next best thing since sliced bread. That's how they're going to present this, obviously. Um, Greeley believes that the easy PGD will be extremely cheap. I can't believe that'd be the case, but anyway. Whole genome testing should fall around 10 bucks by the beginning of the next decade. Easy PGD would also make it possible for same-sex couples to have offspring, genetically related to both parents. And it might even be possible for a person to have both sperm and eggs created from their skin cells, enabling them to be both mother and father of their child. Oh, how disgusting. What an abomination. This is all an abomination in God's sight. This is why God's going to have to shorten the days, in the coming days, because this is like the Tower of Babel on steroids. If man did everything that he's envisioning in his mind from CERN to GMOs to this garbage I'm describing to, to DARPA to chemtrails to fluoride to chlorine to all of these things that we've described, all of the, the over, you know, taking of, of Islam to witchcraft, all of these things. If man was able to pull everything off, you know, no flesh would be spared. So thank God he's going to do that. 
Going further, interesting biologist Craig Venner, the leader of the group that raced the government to a tie in sequencing the human genome and now founder of the life extension company Human Longevity Inc., can sequence a fetal genome and give the mother's mother a picture of what her future child will look like at 18. Wow. Further in the future, I discuss the possibilities of a whole new genome editing techniques like CRISPR to generate transplant organs for people inside of animals. Ooh. For people inside animals and cure the and cure disease. I know they grow human organs inside animals. Oh, that's nasty. How could that be good? It's a animal growing a human organ. There has got to be complications there. The animal's body is making the organ. Bottom line, I don't care if it's a human organ. The animal's body is still generating it. That's that's an abomination. All this stuff. And with regard to radical life extension, I noted that Harvard biologist George Church has also suggested that it might be possible to reverse the aging process in the next five years or so. And I've heard that too. I've heard that they're saying there's people on the earth right now that will live to be a thousand. Think about that. They were living to be almost a thousand in Noah's day. Now granted, they had, you know, they had a canopy overhead, most likely, some type of canopy that was shielding all UV radiation, that canopy is what broke up and the fountains of the deep broke up underneath, which is what caused the flood. Okay, all that water from above and below is what ended up causing the flood. So they they weren't dealing with UV radiation. Because there was a canopy overhead, the atmospheric pressure was roughly double what it is now. Now, how do I know that? Because they've taken amber from pre-flood times. Amber is like, um well it's like a it's like a glassy type of material that um i don't know if it was plant sap or something that crystallized and they drill in to the amber that was pre-flood okay they knew it was antediluvian pre-flood amber and instantly as they penetrate it they are they're recording atmospheric pressure of that air sample okay two things they can determine what was atmospheric pressure? What was the content of the air? Atmospheric pressure was roughly double. Guess what? That's basically like a hyperbaric chamber you're living in. Hyperbaric chamber, if if which you have those in burn therapy centers and in places where uh, divers go and they get the bends, they go, they come up too quick or they go down too long, and they come up and they have oxygen narcosis. Okay, they put them in a, in a hyperbaric chamber, which which you know it might be triple, quadruple the atmospheric pressure with like 100% oxygen and it basically it basically helps them to live because a lot of people die from that okay uh, it's also very very good to accelerate healing of wounds people that have diabetic um, wounds that won't heal uh, people that have uh, oh, the staph infection MRSA that they can't heal those now I have a protocol for that with the silver but it is also a very good thing to do we basically or humanity prior to the flood basically lived in a big hyperbaric chamber okay the people were much larger the plants grew bigger you had everything was bigger okay double the atmospheric pressure according to the amber double the oxygen content no uv rays no harmful uv rays now i'm not saying the sun's bad i'm saying that when you had this perfect canopy that would filter all of the bad uv rays let's face it in uh, sun rays do create free radicals on the skin. Free radicals do cause an aging process. So you had three things there, right there, that that would greatly accelerate the aging process. This is why, after the flood, all of a sudden you see in the Bible the life expectancy start to plummet. Because that's when it plummeted after the flood. What was different? Those three things. There might be other things I don't even know about. Now, you might not have ever heard that, but that's that's basically ken hoven's research um and i mean i think it's spot on nailed it you know the amber alone is just amazing but we lived in a big hyperbaric chamber prior to that and and the life expectancies were through the roof now i'm not 100 percent sure how they're going to pull this off it's obviously going to have to be something different because you can't go back to really pre-flood not on a mass scale but evidently they've got some kind of whatever but you know it's not nothing I would I would end up messing with because um, you know 
I don't want what Satan has to offer in that regard. I want to do it God's way. I want to do it as close to nature as I can. I don't want to play God. And this is all playing God, this subject that we're talking about here. All right, I really got off on a tangent there, sorry. Um, next report. Um, the, regular, the regular resupply missions to the International Space Station include basics like food, all sorts of new space science toys as well, uh, and in the Dragon capsule that docked with the station several days ago, there was one particularly interesting device, a DNA sequencer called Minion. Okay, so NASA's new Minion DNA sequen sequencer is now on the International Space Station. Okay, and it was created to work on aliens. <laughs> it's like you can't make this stuff up anymore. <laughs> My job. I mean, like all these reports I'm rattling off, it's, it's almost like, oh my word. It, what? I mean, talk about shifting gears. You know, I mean, it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's called Minion, and it's just, it's as tiny as 120 grams. It's probably lighter than your smartphone, but it could do some big science up there. The Minion operates on a different, a bit, a bit differently than DNA sequencers on Earth, but that's by design. NASA wants to be prepared for any kind of sample, even an alien one. NASA explains that any sufficiently large polymer could be analyzed by Minion. If we did encounter some unknown life on Mars or some other planet, we don't know for sure that they will have DNA. Um, I just want to see how my battery's doing here. Okay, it should be okay. Um, however, if it's something like DNA, the Minion should be able to provide data on it. Um, now, note it says here in ancient times... Uh, a minion was something under Satan's influence. Okay, I know it has a little different connotation than now. It's more like a serfdom slave, a minion, a sycophantic worshiper of somebody. But in ancient times, a minion was something under Satan's influence or little creatures you could summon. And I think the little creatures is a reference to Steve Quayle's book on little creatures. I did get the book. It is pretty insightful, but there is some inappropriate pictures in the book. I'm just warning you, some inappropriate female type pictures of like fairies and pixies and i just don't get why you gotta put that in there yeah anyway just a little warning there so uh but there was some really good info in it okay and is this the last no no i'm, I'm far from done okay um okay shifting gears radically again i probably never had a teaching where i i i <laughs> Went to totally, completely different subjects, one after another. The next one. Physicists weigh in on dimensional doorways, warn CERN Stargate awake experiments could really open destructive demonic portals. This is something totally new at CERN. Whole other thing, okay? Um, as described in the book, uh, Path of the Immortals. Two weeks ago, the first revolutionary series of experiments sent a proton beam hurtling through the superproton synchrotron into an empty plasma cell. The experiment was a test to check the alignment of the magnets on the machine. This is CERN. This is, you know, Satan incarnate. This is the one that's trying to open all the dimensional doorways and all this horrible thing. Named AWAKE, which stands for Advanced Proton Driven Plasma Wake Field Acceleration Experiment. It will be the first accelerator of its kind in the world. When it is completed at the end of the year, some immediately claim that the experiment delved into unknown territory, opening portals into other dimensions and causing an ominous, clou ominous clouds to appear. A video that has gone viral on YouTube shows an unusual tower of clouds directly over the CERN facility. Thread lightning glowing clouds in the cloud. That's kind of weird. Thread lightning glowing in the clouds. Yes, here's a picture. Okay. So there, there's one more reason to open up this PDF, just to see these pictures. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Looking at this picture, something real super mega demonic going. It reminds me of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Ghostbusters at the end when, you know, they had the <laughs> clouds. It's this big circular cloud going up. It goes out of the picture. It's got like lightning just coursing through it. It's like a like a pillar of clouds it's probably you know a mile wide at least and then it's got this haze coming up from the ground going into the clouds and then it's got this other clouds below it that stretch out real far it is really weird it looks very otherworldly and 
this is an excerpt. It says, an image of clouds hovering over the CERN facility during the AWAKE experiment. This was literally during the AWAKE experiment. There's been all kind of people that have done videos on this, commented on it. Uh, on June 24th, while scientists in Geneva were concentrating on a complex of underground, on a complex underground experiment in the world's largest physics lab, spectators outside the facility, directly above where this experiment was going on, were shocked to see unusual cloud formations hovering above. The spectacular clouds were accompanied by lightning, adding to the dramatic effect. So if we want to understand also why it's getting so incredibly wicked, remember the dark matter that it's creating that I had talked about and like, you know, like one gram of the stuff attracts demons and devils like, you know, they can't even have it on any college campus. They have to have it like five miles underground if they can isolate any dark matter because it attracts so many devils and demons to it that people will go literally nuts if they're even around it. Yeah, well, look no farther than that to understand, again, one more reason why the world's getting so incredibly insane and wicked. I mean, look at this witch today emailing me. I mean, th 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 this is some bold stuff here. Stuff I've never even dealt with. You know, the idea may not be so far-fetched it actually has support in the scientific community. Even before the experiment began, there was speculation from the scientific sector about extreme and anticipated side effects. Sergio Bertolucci, director for research on scientific computing at CERN, briefed reporters in 2009 about some of the possible implications of AWAKE. Now, this is in 2009. Okay, he was warning about AWAKE. They're finally getting this thing AWAKE. This part of the CERN particle collider that evidently has never been ramped up. So happens when they ramp it up, they have this unbelievably weird, creepy, otherworldly pillar of clouds coming up. Only God knows what, what was being literally burst into our, <laughs> our dimension from a demonic standpoint that night. Um, this was in 2009, this guy, and he works at CERN. He's like the director for research and scientific computing at CERN and said... He speculated that the experiment could possibly open portals into the unknown. Quote, out of this door might come something, might come something, or we might send something through it. Bertolucci was quoted as saying. And that was, you know, seven years ago. He was warning about this. Unbelievable. Next report. Millennials as seed seen as the key to introducing 666 buying and selling via biometric scanning this market shift is occurring faster and initially anticipated with global revenues for biometric banking technology expected to top 4 billion by 2021 north america alone accounts for almost 8 billion in payment card fraud a statistic that suggests the need for greater transaction security so again how do you get greater greater transaction security eliminate the cards go to a microchip okay because you can't steal the microchip, you know, especially if it's in your forehead. Um, anyway, uh, North America, okay, and this was said by Mr. Pavlakis, an industry analyst at ABI Research. The new biometric banking applications specifically target millennials, with many in this generation quick to adopt a new technology. Because they've been brought up in this. They're that, they're that generation. So they're they're going to have much less pushback from the millennials. Ease of transaction, increased security, and greater user experience are at the top features that attract customers to biometric banking. MasterCard has already integrated facial biometrics into its arsenal, allowing users to pay using selfies. Really? While banks worldwide are adopting fingerprint, voice, and facial recognition for personal banking. But again, it's all, it's all going to end up with a microchip, ultimately. And it's just not about banks and payment card players getting in on the action. Japanese vein recognition market leaders Fujitsu and Hitachi honed their technology over the past years to develop an intuitive vein recognition solution for ATM applications. Vascular biometrics authenticates a user by identifying the unique patterns made by his or her veins. So it's just getting more and more big brother by the second, essentially. Okay, so finally we come to our last uh, little report here. And this is a listener comment from a listener named Tim. And it's detection ability of big brother he said and this is stuff i did not know and this is why i kind of felt like i should put this out because you never know in the future 
where you might have remembered like this information I'm going to be going over right now and it might come into your mind, God might bring it into your remembrance and he may use it to get you out or keep you out of a potentially bad situation that you would have been totally unaware of had you never heard this. Now I know God can do that any way he wants, but it is good to, you know, not be ignorant of Satan's devices and this is definitely one of them. He said, hi, Scott, this is something you can file away for when the topic comes up. I work for a large railway as signals and a communications maintainer. I ran into one of my colleagues, and he told me he took one of our managers out high railing. A high rail is a modified truck that can drive on the rails. Okay, so they met up with some fiber optic techs who were testing out new detection systems using fiber optic, optic cable. The right-of-way of rail lines is a good place to run utilities like fiber cables as it allows a really long run miles and miles without being interrupted. Makes sense. The detection system uses a fiber cable itself to detect the location of fiber breaks so it can be repaired quickly, but my colleague told me it can do much more than that. Uh, he was told to walk 30 yards out and dig a small hole right in front of, right over the fiber optic cable then walk another 30 yards and dig another hole. He did this four or five times. He told me that when he was walking, he didn't go in a straight line over the fiber, but in a zigzag. I guess he did it on purpose. When he got back to the text, he looked at the laptop that was doing the monitoring, and he was amazed. It showed that a human, which was him, was walking, and how far he was from the cable, how fast he was going, how hard his steps were. It then showed where he stopped, um, to dig the holes and how deep they were i mean this is unbelievable during the monitoring process a freight and then a passenger train went by it showed both of those trains and it could tell what what type of trains they were as in freight or passenger how fast they were going he said the text told him that this monitoring system could detect a human walking almost 100 yards from the fiber in fact, it could be used precisely to detect hundreds of different things, as my colleague was told, by the fiber optic tech. But right now it's in a testing phase. Well, okay, but, you know, how much of this have, have they actually got to implement? Anyway, this is good to know if, let's say, end time scenario and you're fleeing near a train track, potentially, and you're thinking that nobody's monitoring anything around a train track. Now, I'm not saying all train lines obviously have this, but... It is good to know, I mean, if nothing else, just to have it in your back of your mind to think about. Um, now, I think about all the fiber that is running through not just our cities, but out in the country as well. I used to be a signals tech in a railroad traffic control office, and I've seen the fiber net network maps running through the northeast in Canada. There's a lot of it, and that was almost 10 years ago. So he's confirming what I'm saying about there's a lot more than we probably know about. I can't imagine how much there is now. They want to ensnare as many of us as they can. Too bad they can't have my soul. It's Jesus Christ owns mine. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm loving that. Anyway, then he said, and I wasn't going to include this, but, ah, you know, I figured we've, we've switched gears a hundred times. What's another gear? On another note, I listened to your to part uh, of your July 24 teaching. You were talking about headline, headlights. Headlights one of the I got one on right now as I'm doing the study. This is how obsessed I am with headlamps because I'll like walk out and I don't want to turn on every light. Okay, the house is dark. I'm the only one up. I'll just walk around the headlamp on. Okay, and therefore I'm not turning on the lights. I'm not every time you turn a light. Remember that light's only got so many times before it blows. Generally, a light doesn't blow because it's on. It blows when you turn it on. If you've ever noticed that. So any given light is only going to have so many times where you can turn it on and off. So, I mean, I'm not that miserly, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll just keep it on or whatever. The one thing that you run into, though, is the battery life on, on there. And now I've got, you know, these rechargeables that I've got, and those, they're called EBL rechargeables. For the money, I don't know anything that can compare to them. You can find them on eBay, um, and probably Amazon, but I, I know they're on eBay too. They're EBLs, and, and get the highest MAH rated ones you can. They're, they're the best rechargeables for the money I know of. Now, there may be better rechargeables out there, but I'm talk, talking about if you're kind of on a budget, I don't know a better one that holds a charge better for the money than an EBL. 
Okay, now, what we're going to talk about now, though, is a major upgrade. Okay, so I kind of give you both sides there. Now, I live off rechargeable battery banks, okay, because I got all these headlamps around the house. I'll have one in each room and I'll grab it and I'm, I don't know, I just go through a lot of rechargeable batteries. But that way I don't have to buy them near as many. Well, um, you were talking about headlights, head flashlights, one in your head. I have a few around the house as well, and I use it for work all the time. Now, remember... <laughs> Also, though, in the very near future, if we go to a grid-down situation, this could be something that could become very, very important very, very quick. Okay, a good headlamp. And one, I think it's good to have at least one that has that red, infrared light that you can use at night, because not only that, it will not near as much give away your position. You can use it around in the dark, and it won't near as much give away your position as it would a regular white light type of thing okay that's another thing to keep in the back of your mind um i have a few around the house they work well i use them all the time the brand i use is called zebra light they're out of texas they range in price from 64 to 89 bucks depending on the model they use different batteries um like AAA to the 18 650 lithium ion okay that's the one i checked into and they are waterproof um as well which you know some i hadn't thought about that much but what if we're in a grid down situation you got to go out you need a reliable light you don't want to hold it in your hand you're just encumbering yourself have it on your head I'm telling you man uh, for me it's like <laughs> changed my life basically i know that sounds weird but um anyway um they're waterproof um which has been verified by me i mean i'm sure out in the field i've had three different models for work i've been caught out in the rain quite a few times over the years the lights have never failed me the eight the 18650 models have a very long run time as well now the eight five eighteen six five zero lithium ion is an expensive battery okay i mean you can, you can buy one for like 28 if you buy it with one of these high-end um headlamps i just researched ebay for this for this rechargeable battery and what i found was this nightcore cree thousand lumen headlamp with charger it has like five different modes it can run on and i mean like the one mode if you run it on economy mode it has like a 330 hour run time i mean just insane it has its own it comes with its own 3400 mah lithium ion nightcore battery with its own charger there's 70 bucks okay now maybe you could find it cheaper but with all that included in the good battery i could the cheapest i could find it was 70 bucks and i know that's a lot i know it's not everybody's budget i'm not telling everybody to go out and get this like i said you can buy the other ones that i had talked about you can get them cheap on ebay um and and but i'm telling if you want to have one really really good one that's going to work in any condition that's going to have a gigantically long run time and a gigantically long lasting battery this looks like a pretty good one now i this isn't the zebra one but it looks i would say probably pretty comparable it looks it's got five star reviews everywhere i saw it um i couldn't find the zebra light up on ebay but not to say it's not up there maybe i wasn't keyword searching it maybe the right way anyway so that's just a little bit of extra thing for your your survival thing because i haven't got a lot into that lately I haven't mentioned a lot of that and and again this is something that could make a real big difference in your life um in potentially the near future like i said these next three months i mean roller coaster ride city here and, and actually now we're really within we're, we're in the uh, middle of september so you know september october october november, i mean we're we're like two and a half now um i'm not 100 percent sure exactly what date the elections are all on but i mean between now and then with the way this thing's going with hillary with the way they're ramping things up it's just you know really good to be in much prayer um i appreciate any prayers for taylor and myself this ministry um and um praying that god get the glory out of this whole situation with uh this uh witch or coven and whoever else she's working with and um i'm probably unless something really heavy duty happens probably not going to do a teaching uh this 
weekend, but probably the weekend after that, Lord willing. So I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us. Uh, we thank you for letting us come together once again, Lord, to uh, explore your word, to explore all these myriad of topics, God, all of these ways that Satan is trying to get an advantage of us. I know, Lord, it's a lot to um, think about. I just pray that whatever way you want to burden the body of Christ regarding prayer, regarding potentially fasting, um, that you do that, Lord. Um, we we pray, Lord God, regarding this situation, like with this coven that's that's attacking, contending for truth, telling me that I have to, you know, pull contending for truth that they're going to kill me, or they're going to kill me anyway. They said, Lord, I mean, you know, but you know, at the beginning from the end, Lord, you know these people. I, I pray, God, that those that are in this cult, those that can get saved, I pray to God they would get saved, and Lord, I pray the rest you deal with. Lord, <laughs> that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. I pray you deal with them all, Lord, but that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider your doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart would glory, and that you would remind us, Lord, and remind me even to remember to pray Psalm 64, Lord, because in that you ask, we're asking you to hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, like what I'm going over today, Lord. Basically, every topic's a portion of that, though. So, I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, the words of, and that the words of our mouth and the, and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, that your name be glorified, that many would be saved as a result of what you would do in this situation through through. My listeners, Lord, through the body of Christ, and we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.